Hi. Hello, Super. Hello. Hi. Okay. Cool. I think maybe it's. Hi. It might still be freezing off. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going now. You're like going in now. Uh, hmm. Let me. I'm like convinced it's just because my Wi-Fi connection is like shoddy. Like. Oh, I need to Okay. That's okay. What? That's probably why. That's happened to me before when I've had trouble with Wi-Fi. Just nothing works. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I try a bunch of, like, tricks. You know, close out all my tabs and, like, shut down. Have you tried, like, starting and restarting? <laughs> Uh, but no. They always tell me, it's like, right issue. They're like, have you tried turning it off and turning it back <laughs> on? Like... <laughs> Um, I have, I also have, like, a weird theory where, like, it's slowly proving to be less and less true that, like, my Wi-Fi gets shittier at night. I I mean, I don't know why I have, but I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just feel like, like, if it's, like, the afternoon and I'm, like, watching Netflix in my bed, like, then it's cool, but if it's, like, midnight and I'm, like, watching Netflix, then, like, it takes forever to buffer and things like that. It's a shame, because midnight is when I need the internet most. Exactly. I think. <laughs> I, like, will, like, open up, like, six things just so that they can all buffer, and then start. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spinal Tap... Yeah, you hadn't seen it before, have you? Uh, I hadn't. I had seen, like, clips, and I knew some of the songs, and, like, it was always sort of infamous, because when I watched a lot of, like, heavy metal documentaries, like, it always gets brought up in, like, the history of heavy metal. Um, Have you been avoiding it? Um, did you just never get to it? Well, so I remember when I was younger, like when I was first getting into rock music, I saw like the, they used to sell it like at, they sold like the DVD at the supermarket. Um, and I would see it and I was like, that looks interesting. That looks like an album cover for like a band that I would like. Um, and I found out that it was like a document, it was like a movie about a band called Spinal Tap. And I remember this was when my dad was my go-to authority on rock music. And I said, oh, you know, that's a movie about rock music, right? Like, what's it like? And he, he was just like, you don't want to see it. it. Like, it's just kind of making fun of bands. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. And I mean, he's not wrong. He's not, but <laughs> like, like, I guess I guess that's what it was. But, like, and then, like, the older I got, like, you know, watching, like, VH1 Classic and them having, like, these documentaries on heavy metal. And, like, there's an infamous story. The two most infamous stories are uh, the band Iron Maiden walked out of the theater, like, furious because they thought it was uh, making fun of them. And, um... You mean with Spongebob? Yeah. That's <laughs> which it kind of does um but they thought it was like directly yeah. attacking them and then um 
the edge from you two in it might get loud at one point he says you know i saw this is spinal tap and and i wept i didn't laugh because it was so accurate <laughs> to how farcical music had gotten um which that's so interesting because like in a way that kind of like it it's kind of in an indirect like this because about you directly proves their point that like you're so up your own ass that you right. it's just about you and yeah and it's one of those things that like you know it kind of made me avoid it although like i had seen a bunch of like the classic scenes and like there are plenty of people that got a kick out of it because you know how could you not laugh at yourself um yeah and like you know like gene simmons i think also said like oh i think they were making fun of us and like he kind of took that with pride um but like you end up kind of like you know i had just sort of avoided it maybe for those reasons but also just like eventually when i wasn't super interested in heavy metal i just sort of didn't uh, you know i was like I, I didn't really care to watch it you know i had seen all the mm-hmm. oh, these go to 11 and you know the hello cleveland scenes but <laughs> you know i didn't which i guess when we get into it i'll kind of i kind of stand by that i think i kind of had the right approach <laughs> you didn't care for it uh i didn't yeah I thought I thought it was fine, um, but I didn't really. I didn't like love it. Like I kind of I thought I really like it, and I didn't. Oh, it's yeah. I'm surprised because I think I think the thing that makes this movie like so famous is that people say that don't have to know the music scene at the time of the early eighties to like think it's funny. But I I mean I still think it's like a little dated. Although I mean I'm very impressed with like a lot of it was improvised and I think that's part of why yeah. it's enjoyable is like the whole thing feels like it was made up along the way. Like they extra obviously because it's just so like goofy and I, I don't know, it didn't seem like mean or anything. Right. I thought I I did think a lot of parts of it were very good. I thought a lot of it was really funny. Um I just didn't think it, it I guess I kind of thought it was going to be like I guess I probably kind of thought it was going to be sort of like um watching like Tenacious D, who I love, but Okay. Yeah. And uh, in a sense it sort of was like that. It's just not like I don't know. I think maybe if I saw this when I was younger, it would have resonated with me more. And I think I would have watched it now and appreciated it because if I saw it when I first wanted to see it, I would have thought it was funny, but not, I wouldn't have gotten all the jokes. And now I think Mm -hmm. I'd go back and be like, Oh, I get it. And I think it was funny for that where now I just sort of, I got all the jokes, but they were new. So Okay. Yeah. But, like, scenes like like when he's, like, in the room with all the guitars, I thought that was great just because he's sort of, yeah. like, you know, holding up the Les Paul, like, listen to that sustain, and he's like, do you hear it? 
no. He's like, well, you would if it was playing. <laughs> and like, I love, I love that dialogue so much because it sounds so natural. Like they, they make up as go along. Like I, well, the whole like the volume goes up to eleven is like that's so real. And like no one could just sit down and type that out. Like it's just right. so. And like, it's also just like, that has become like such a cultural, like, you know, that's a thing that people who have never even heard of this movie say now. So what? Sorry. Uh, That's just become a thing that like people who have never even like heard of this movie still say. Yeah. Just like, oh, we're going to crank this shit up to 11 is... You know, it still works. It's quotable, I think. Yeah. No, it It, definitely... I think it works as a standalone, just, uh, comedy. And it's so short. Like, I forgot how... I rewatched it. I forgot how short it is. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that, too, because I kind of... I kind of thought going in it was going to be super long, and it wasn't. Yeah. And I did appreciate sort of all the... I appreciated all the rock music, like, tropes and cliches that they sort of made fun of during it, where they're like, oh, you know, all of our drummers died, you know, spontaneously. (laughs) And um, there was someone that said, you know, it's amazing to think that, like, the movie Spinal Tap made fun of that, uh, where, like, a band like Led Zeppelin, like, all the members, like, they couldn't continue when John Bonham died. Um, yeah but like then you look at like other like you look at like 80s hair bands that are still playing today and to some extent still try to do the spinal tap sort of thing and you know continue and um you know just having like oh we have to keep going even though like we're on our 11th bass player and, you know, it's one original member. Yeah, it's, 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 it's this movie is, it's, it's kind of made, like, this is a band that, like, just got back together and they have no idea what they're doing and they're, like, too old, but they're still in it. Like, they're still, like, in their prime. They're just, like, not doing well. Yeah. <laughs> like, it kind of goes between those two but they like like they're young guys but they kind of play these characters like they're in their city <laughs> well what i kind of thought was well, they're, they're, well yeah. i think they sort of were supposed to be a little bit where uh yeah because they had all those flashbacks to like playing like skiffle in the 50s and the 60s and yeah stuff. um but it kind of got me thinking i saw the mountain goats last um November, I think. Um, and they just released an album about goth music. And um, at one point, uh, John Darnielle, during his stage banter, he said, you know, what ends up happening a lot with music is, you know, anytime there's some sort of movement like punk or heavy metal and it hits, record labels would just start signing a bunch of bands that were you know, metal bands, or he said there was a time when goth was huge and goth bands would do two shows and then get signed to a major label. Um, But then some bands that had been around forever would eventually say, well, yeah, I think we'll try to make a goth record now. 
and you know their heart's not really in it but they're making it because it's what's popular and that's kind of what watching this reminded me of where you know they're making hair metal but they're really like guys that should have been in like the yardbirds yeah it seems like it doesn't really like fit them like it, it, it this was i guess it's interesting because like this was made in 1984 and it was about 1984 like that music right. scene but it it seemed like a historical documentary like, it seems like made from the perspective of now yeah. <laughs> like, um like look at say this fad was back then but it was like when it was being made it was during the time when it was happening right and it's one of those things that I think, I think now people, uh, I think now people have a better sense of humor about things like that and making fun of themselves. Um, yeah. But, you know, back then I could kind of see why guys like Iron Maiden would be pissed off about it. <laughs> I guess, I guess like to the film that like they got pissed off because they saw themselves in it yeah. like the, the accuracy might have been there yeah. so I don't know maybe it wasn't fair yeah and yeah and there was a lot of like funny stuff in it that like I think that even if you're like just in a band you should be able to like appreciate like when the guy gets stuck in the pod yeah yeah, I think that's funny. Yeah, and, like, it's silly and it's something, it's relatable as opposed to necessarily <laughs> malicious. I guess, like, I, I was thinking about this in comparison to something like, um, like, Pop Star, Never Stop Stopping, or Never Stop, <laughs> never, stop never... Never Stopping, I think. I, yeah, I think that, like... Because this, this just seemed like kind of a series of, like, minor inconveniences. I mean, not that minor. Like, it, it just seemed like a bunch of assholes like, just uh, doing stupid things and not being particularly great at being a band. But a pop star was just, like, one disaster after the next. Like, that one seemed more, like, epic. This one, this, this is, like, a very subdued comedy, I think. Like, it's very... Low key. Okay, I could see that. Um, I think I haven't seen Pop Star, so um, you haven't seen Pop Star. I you should seen see Pop Star. Star. That's like it's very much like this, except instead of Iron Maiden, just <laughs> more seen, more of this era. It's sim. Uh, I have a similar relationship where I have I've seen parts of it, but I haven't seen like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember, like, watching the preview for that and thinking, like, oh, Spinal Tap. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that was the what I was going for. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I... It kind of, like, I'm looking at... Um, what's it called? The Wikipedia page, and it says that, like, Rob Reiner was kind of... Um, parodying, like, Gimme Shelter, which I haven't seen, but also, like... The Last Waltz and The Song Remains the Same, um, which I've seen The Song Remains the Same Mm a hundred times. I love that to death. Um, um, 
it's bizarre. <laughs> um, but um, I can see like why like the rock doc was such a genre that was like begging to be parodied. Like, at the time, like, because rock docs were such a big... Yeah, because, I guess looking at the years, The Last Waltz was 78, Song Remains the Same was 76, so this is a little bit of time after all of those, but, like, if you watch, like, The Song Remains the Same, it's so, like, inflated and over-the-top and ridiculous, and, like, even looking at, like, every band from that era, like... Motley Crue and uh, Guns N' Roses and Kiss and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where, like, they're so grandiose and, like, in a sense, it's very much, like, trying to be cool when it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I want to think, like, Kiss, like, very self-aware, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, actually. <laughs> so... It's hard to... I remember, like, I think Detroit Rock City is on the list. Have you ever seen Detroit Rock City? No. Um, so there's, like, an aspect of Kiss where I want to think that they were self-aware, and I think everything they did was very conscious and calculated, but it wasn't mm-hmm. so much necessarily trying to be, oh, you know, this is a perfect example around this time kiss put out an album called um music from the elder and it was a concept album um okay and like they were writing with like lou reed and like they were trying to make like art rock and then like they were eventually gonna put out like a sci-fi fantasy movie called the elder and it was supposed to be like And it was really supposed to be their attempt at, like, making, like, a cool, like, you know, record for, like, the hipsters and, like, the Max's Kansas City scene at the time. And it flopped Mm -hmm. because they were still Kiss trying to do this. Um, Yeah. So even though Kiss was very calculated in what they did, I don't know if they were self-aware enough about it. And I don't know if, like, Kiss fans were necessarily self-aware enough about it. That's, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know what, yeah, it's, I guess it's hard to tell, but that's interesting. Yeah. Um, which it kind of seems like, what was the moment in Spinal Tap where, um, so the whole controversy about their album cover, um, when yeah. they, uh, when they were calling it sexist and then they, um, bumped into some other star that kind of seemed like a David Bowie type to me. Um, mm-hmm. And they were, their album cover was the girl on the leash in bondage and stuff. And then they bump into the other guy that had like him in bondage and they were like, his album covers the same as ours. Um, how, how come he gets a pass? And they're like, Oh, well his was him. He reversed it. They flipped it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that kind of shows, like, to some extent, the the how not self aware rock music was then. Yeah, it's they they don't understand. Uh, 
difference between like satire and not <laughs> like I like I don't think they knew what they were going for. Right. And I love how like I love that realization when they're when they're told like oh but but he's different because he flipped it where like he's the victim yeah. and they're, it was so genuine when they were just like oh that like oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a moment that I think is very funny. And I think that the whole idea of the album cover was pretty hilarious because even their solution wasn't necessarily to like change it. It was just make it black. Yeah. And just, just forgo any kind of statement at all. (laughs) Um, which is a thing that like, in a sense, I want to kind of enjoy because that's sort of like a punk thing where mm-hmm. like a punk band if they had an album cover that was like controversial that seems like a thing that like a band like crass would do crass did that um they did that hold on one sec what yeah what um okay um crass crass had a song they had an album and the first track on it, it was like a spoken word, like super controversial thing. And it was called like Asylum. And the record company said, oh, we're not putting this out. Um, Change it or, you know, just take off this thing. And like, it was like a two and a half minute long track. So instead they just put two and a half minutes of silence and called the first song um, The Sound of Free Speech. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is it's kind like, of pretentious. It's like, it's super pretentious. But like, but, but like it gets a message across where they're just like, oh, it's black. And they're like, oh, well, it's not controversial yeah. just because it's black. Fuck the establishment. Yeah. <laughs> they're not necessarily trying to make a st- They were angry that it was black, right? Uh, yeah. That's yeah, they were, they were not happy about it. So, I don't know. It, it, it has a lot of, like, funny stuff in it that I think just as a whole, mm-hmm. I was like, it was too, like, all over the place for me to enjoy totally. Okay. Yeah. I, I could see that. I think because I feel, like, so much more removed because I wasn't, like, in that, that scene... Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I like music, but like, I was, I was never like such a metalhead that like I, I didn't fully like when I first saw it. Like when I was much younger, a lot of it just went way over my head. I didn't really. I was just kind of following it, like detached from any context. So like, I enjoyed it for what that was, and I thought it was like you know, like kind of like a curb your enthusiasm style (laughs) type of like uh comedy yeah yeah i i don't i don't know if my involvement in the scene is what made me this maybe it's the fact that i was involved and then like i wasn't like i think if i was still like like i still go back and listen to judas priest and iron maiden and van halen and stuff like that that the movie's making fun of but like it doesn't, like, it's not latched to my soul like it was when I was <laughs> 14. Um, and I don't I don't know what it is that kind of, like, 
because there's so much that like I did think was funny when he's playing the piano and he's like it's like this beautiful classical piece and he's like oh what's that called and he's like lick my love pump <laughs> like that's hilarious and that's great yeah and like do you think if you saw it when you were 14 you would have hated it I don't I don't know because I like to think that maybe I was smart enough that I could have seen oh it's satire it's supposed to be funny it's not malicious Mm -hmm. um but I can't I can't be certain okay yeah I guess that's I guess it's just a matter of like context and yeah where you are at the time yeah well, because I saw, like, the the scene with, like, these go to 11. Maybe I, mm-hmm. I, think maybe I didn't totally, like, get it. Where I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, it goes to 11. But, like, really yeah. funny because 11 is no different than 10. What's funny about that scene isn't that it goes to 11. It's that he's trying to justify that it is better than what everyone else is doing and that he doesn't mm-hmm. let it go even worse. Even when, even that, like, he doesn't, didn't really have to put the number 11 on the machine. Right. He's just like, but this one goes to 11. Yeah. <laughs> He's just not doing it. But, like, I, do, I don't think at 14 I would have necessarily gotten that, or, like... Yeah. I don't think I was even, like, musically aware enough to kind of understand, like, the sustain thing. Yeah. Um... Okay. Like Stonehenge, I got was funny because they wanted it to be gigantic and then it was small. Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, you know, I I thought it was funny that they're like running through the venue, going like, "Hello, Cleveland." Oh, we're back where we started. Yeah. Those I thought were funny, but like now I can appreciate more. Like the oh, you know, what's that piece called? Lick my love pump. At fourteen, I don't think I would have gotten that. Yeah, there were there were definitely a lot of things. I don't know when I saw this, but I definitely didn't see it at the time when I could fully understand like every line. Um, and like rewatching it, like I definitely appreciate it a little more. But I mean, I don't think it's like a masterpiece or anything. I think it's like honestly, I think it's like way too like. Uh, no, it's not that it's too short. I don't have a problem with the length. It's that it's just like, it's like a, it could be like an episode of something, you know? Like, it's yeah. very, it's very, like, low-key, not pretty epic. It's funny. It's not, um, it's, it's not as grand as something, as, like, these other documentaries are. Like, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's very watchable, though. Yeah. I, I think maybe... This might just be the fact that I watched it once now, and maybe if I watched again, I would be like, okay, that makes more sense. And I don't know. I think part of, too, like, there were some cliches that I felt were sort of forced in without reason, although I totally understand why they were there. Like, at the, like at the end of the movie when they're like, oh, we're going to go make write an opera or, like, make, like, a rock opera or whatever. I'm sort of, yeah. I'm sort of like, well, yeah, of course, that's what they're, uh, you know, it's sort of like that kind of seemed like, to me, it felt like a cheap joke or even like the girlfriend, like becoming like a Yoko Ono sort of character, you know, all kind of felt 
sort of forced to me, even though it made sense. Yeah, because the thing with the girl, for the, like that cliche, I think is super old. Of yeah, um, like bands trying to 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 rock out, but like one of them has a girlfriend. She wants to do stuff with the band that they don't like. Like I I, I think completely tired, but like that was one of the only like. It's not that there was no plot. It's that that was like there was a point where they were just kind of lingering along, and they were just like, "We got a conflict." <laughs> they need what? Like, because the whole thing is just. Hmm? Uh, I lost like the last word of that sentence. They, the it's like they were kind of just like floating along the plot of the movie because it was just you know the band versus themselves or like yeah. versus the world. Um, then they were like, oh, we gotta have conflict between the And it's, it's, I don't know, like, I think it, it was like, it, I, I mean, I'm very sick of that cliche, yeah. but like, it kind of felt like it's kind we of just a, need to insert something like that in. It's sort of like a sexist, the end. it's sort of a sexist cliche. And like, I feel, I feel like you end up seeing it, like, in any sort of, like, cheap take on, like, music movies or music documentaries or, you know, even, like, when you watch, like, a TV show and they have, like, an episode that, like, oh, the gang's in a band today and then, like, the girlfriend says yeah. something and then they make some joke and be like, oh, Yoko and... Yeah, yeah. and it's that me here, I think, because one is that they... They started this with, like, making fun of the fact that they were sexist, which I don't think is bad. Like, I think they were making fun of, like, how these guys are that they couldn't realize that that album cover was offensive. Right. But but then they kind of, like, back into sexism in a different way, but, like, uh, uh, putting in this girlfriend who, like, oh, she just gets in the way. But, like, to me, I mean, obviously, like, she causes problems. She's responsible person most part I don't know like I, I feel like it was it was just kind of a cheap joke yeah that didn't really age well it's, it's just very repetitive like not that I think this movie does it worse than like anyone else right um because it's so minor in the grand scheme but like I, I don't know I think it's a really high cliche say that one more time I just think it's a really high cliche like I yeah. think it's we should put that to rest. Yeah. Of like the Yoko and the band. Yeah. And it kind of made me think of like, like one of my favorite movies of all time is almost famous. And like, that's a movie about a band that I think generally does sort of avoid that. Like it does. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's an argument that could be made that it does have it, but, like, there's never a point where, like, Penny Lane is breaking up the band. Right. Um, or even, like, the girlfriend. You know, there's conflict with the girlfriend, but not, like, a she's ruining the band sort of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah... I guess it's just like a really easy go-to yeah. for when you're making. You don't necessarily a, need a movie about, about a band. 
not even a band necessarily. You could just like a group of guys doing a thing. You could just insert a girl and, and just like, be like, she's oh, gonna yeah, ruin she's it. tearing apart our friendship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and they kind of try to do that where she's like, oh, you know, she does yoga and astrology and, you know. Which I do think those aspects are kind of fun to poke fun at because that is a thing where, you know, you'll look at, like, the Beatles who, like, ran off to India to, like, do Mm -hmm. self-reflection and then, you know, they end up coming back and making sitar music. But, like, you know, the fact that... Yeah, that was definitely a call to that. Yeah. But then, like, having, like, the girlfriend be, like, the driving force and, like having her be the one that says like well you know you're a leo so we're gonna dress you up as a lion you know i think it could have been one of or the like that she started a in her like her daily like like if we get here at this time like it's fine because like the earth is it's like like i don't like it's, her being like the really moon is in venus or something yeah something like that um yeah and i think that it's an easy way to sort of shoehorn that in, but mm-hmm. it is sort of a sexist take on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. We're, we are ready to put that yeah. to rest. <laughs> We've done it enough. I'm trying to think. I haven't seen, like, there haven't really been any interesting movies about rock music recently. So... Maybe no, not about rock music. Yeah, maybe it'll. Does that does something like that happen in pop star or? Uh, yeah, I don't remember actually. I mean, pop star was like pop star was uh, interesting, but so recently, like it was such a mess, like in a fun way, but like so much happened that it kind of like. Uh, just Does it pinpoint moment? It was just kind of salad bowl outlines, and um, but it was fun. I don't know, uh, but no, I don't really remember anything like that happening in pop stuff. Oh. Although I'd have to look it up. But like stuff uh, like seconds and like that joke is made a lot whenever like guys are trying to do a thing. Yeah. In any context, and there's a girl, and she gets. Yeah, I yeah I I rewatched um what's it called, I love you man recently, and that sort of I yeah like that's sort of like what ends up becoming a major conflict in it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. What? what? Uh, you you broke up there. Oh, no, I said, I just didn't see well, I don't remember that. That was, like, a big plot point. Um, it's sort of like when Jason Siegel is later on, like, when they're shopping for tuxes, he ends up, like, questioning Paul Rudd's relationship with his girlfriend, with his fiance. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is really weird, because they hadn't known each other for that long. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, we've been friends for two months, but, like, you know, that girl you're about to marry, I don't know. Rose before Rose, though. What? 
<laughs> the broke before home. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> no matter what. Um, yep. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the music. Um, mm-hmm. I re-listened to a couple of the songs just before this. What did you think of the songs themselves? I, it's, I think, I, they, yeah. the thing is, um, they were silly, but they, it, lyrically, you know? Yeah. But I, I don't think they were, like, super over-the-top silly. Like, they don't sound that far off from, like, stuff I've heard done unironically. Yeah. They, they do. Like, not that. Like, it's, it doesn't, like, super... Uh, like, I, I could see this being, like, a real song. Well, <laughs> like, I think, like, a good yeah. example of that is uh, Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You, the opening and closing song, was in the Guitar Hero games. And, like... Yeah. It's really, like... Out of all of them, I think that's the one that kind of seems the most like a normal song. It's very much so, like, mm-hmm. you know, it it could have been a Kiss song. Yeah. Um, even, actually, even Stonehenge was like, definitely, like, heard a lot of that song, the song they sing when they do that Stonehenge performance. Like, I, I heard before, not type of thing yeah like where it takes that like this really dumb concept very seriously right and i think that that was sort of what it was trying to parody i do think that maybe if it was just like i think if it if they took out like the speaking part like it could have been it could have been an iron maiden song yeah just because they do those sort of like overblown like historical like you know where a man is a man and the children dance like (laughs) like saying things that sound like really deep but aren't really if you really think about it it's very faux intellectual and like you know it's kind of historical but not really yeah um but even but then even things like sex farm or like uh big bottoms neither of them are uh, neither of them get so silly that they're completely like unbelievable yeah yeah that's what i think like i don't think i think if he, I, I had never heard of this movie and i just heard the songs on their own i wouldn't question it right what is this, this like, like i would just think like oh okay Overcoming <laughs> rock yeah. Um, yeah, and I kind of, one of the things I've read about this was people said to Rob Reiner after this movie came out, like, oh, it was really good, it was really funny, you should have picked a more well-known band to follow. Um, really? People yeah, that? people thought that Spinal Tap was a real band, and they had music videos that, like, played on MTV and stuff, but... Um, I have, I have this hot take where I do think in a sense, this is sort of a predecessor to the Blair Witch Project, um, for that reason. Really? Just in the sense that, like, I don't think they necessarily ever, like, 
you know, when people are like, you should have followed a more well-known band, they were just sort of like, oh, well, you know, Spinal Tap's great. I don't think yeah. they necessarily try to be like, well, you know, it's not a real band, right? They say like, yeah, well, it was a documentary. Which, which I guess <laughs> like, sort of plays into the fact that, you know, everything was just so overblown at the time that it wasn't totally shocking that people were like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. you know. Because Final Cut might as well be a real band. Like, I never I never got the sense of this movie that it was just a bunch of comedians, like, fucking around and, like, not really doing anything. Like, right. I, like... It's the the songs are they real songs like yeah. they, they don't sound like that deep or uh, far far off from what was actually being played at the time. They're sort of like they could have easily have been sort of like a tenacious D where they could have been a real band that just had the intention of making people laugh. Yeah. Um. You know, in a but they're not self-aware enough for that, I guess. Yeah, um, or like, I guess if Spinal Tap had ended up being like a real touring band, they would have ended up a little bit like Bowling for Soup, where Bowling for mm-hmm. Soup are like a real band and they make real regular music, but they also will go out of their way to make jokes and make people laugh. Yeah, and I still, Bowling for Soup has such a place in my heart <laughs> for that reason. They're, they're great. I, when I was, when I was a metalhead. They're just so fun. <laughs> when I was a metalhead and, like, I had to tell my friends, like, oh, uh, you know, Green Day sucks and, you know, fuck Fall Out <laughs> Boy and Pan- all these bands that I love. I used to, I wouldn't go home and, like, listen to, like, Green Day or Fall Out Boy in secret, but I would listen to Bowling for Soup in secret. <laughs> That's, like, it's so, you, it's a, to be a shame band. We can all admit we love Bowling for well, Soup. Yeah, now. <laughs> when yeah, you're now. And you have right. to be dark, you know? Yeah. Um, but also, Bowling for Soup was probably, uh, they're definitely one of my biggest disappointments live. I saw them live. I saw them live. I did two shows in a night. So I only saw the first five songs and they sounded great. Um, did they play 1985? I think that's they, the important. I question. think they did by the end of the night. Um, okay. But I had already left. Um, but um, I left, like, right as they started the Phineas and Ferb theme song. The what? The Phineas and Ferb theme song. Oh, yeah! I did! I the... Yeah. Um, That's so funny. But, like... What, what ended up happening with them is, like, they sound great, and they'll do the songs, and, like, they, they're they spot on with the songs. They did, like, five classics that I love. They did the Bitch song, they did High School Never Ends, My Hometown, and, like, two others that I don't remember. Um, but, like, they first came out, like, the lights went down, the music came up, they came out... And um, their lead singers put on a lot of weight. Okay. And the first thing he said was, no, I didn't eat the lead singer of Bowling for Soup. 
which Aww. which would have been a really funny way to kick things off, and then they went into the first song. But they made jokes about that for, like, five minutes before doing the first song. And, like, in mm. between every song, there were, like, five minutes of jokes. Um, mm. So, like, and, like, they weren't that funny. <laughs> It may seem like the kind of band that, like, tells dumb, harmless jokes. They seem like the kind of band that loves puns. Like, they love dad jokes. Yeah. Not that I know them personally, but they're, like, that type of band where I'm like, oh, you're not funny, but I love you anyway. <laughs> like, That's kind of what it you're was. You're doing great. I think part of it, though, yeah. was... Well, I I... Yeah, I think... I'd see them again just to kind of see, like, what a full show of theirs would be like. Um, but, like, as we were leaving, mm-hmm. they were saying, like, uh, oh, uh, you know, we've put out music in the 10 years since we put out 1985, and we promise you'll hear it, but <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to wait, like, an hour. <laughs> um, I mean, they know. They know yeah. why we're really here. They know where they stand, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. I also, like, that night, like, I went from seeing them to going to see, um, Diet Sig on their release day and like I love <laughs> Diet Sig so much um unironically <laughs> um I, not even ironically Bowling for Soup but like Bowling for Soup they're not uh, I like Diet Sig with more seriousness I guess mm-hmm. but um yeah and Bowling for Soup Bowling for Soup are sort of like a spinal tappy sort of Band in real life, I think. Oh man, that was like um, about Bowling for Soup. What? <laughs> like, I would love like a Spinal Tap style documentary about Bowling for Soup. I would watch the hell out of that. Uh, they they did have a live <laughs> so DVD. Funny. I don't. It's not. It's not Spinal Tappy necessarily, but. Okay. They when they do like their interview sections and they do it live too. Um, every time someone makes a poop joke, there's like a tally in the right hand corner oh that God. like dings, and like there's a great moment where someone throws something on stage, and I guess it was like melted chocolate, and like he goes, "Is this chocolate or poop?" And he's like, it's chocolate. He goes, if it's poop, I'm going to be very disappointed. And he takes a bite and he's like, it's chocolate. It's not poop. And the crowd starts chanting, it's oh not poop. It's not poop. And like. You're so chilly. Yeah. And, but then the tally's going like 40,000, 80,000. Oh my God. So they're unafraid to be silly, but like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's always shown in, like, their music videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they have, like, the... High School Neverhand has, like, the most ridiculous music video, by the way. I watched it, like, not long ago, and I was like, this the video? Which, it's just... Which what? video? The High School Never Ends video. Oh, where... I can't remember it that well. It's, like, really gross, and it's just obnoxious for the sake of being obnoxious. Like, yeah. it's kind of hard to watch. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch that. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, not a huge fan, but I, I like the song. Fine. <laughs> uh, that was that was one of those ones that I used to go home and listen to in secret. <laughs> huh. So many, uh, I love Bowling for Sale. Yeah. This could be a How could you not? Um, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to touch on. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I opened up my window. <laughs> um, I think kind of everything. I think we sort of touched on everything. Do you have anything? I think so. This is a very short movie. Yeah. Um, it's only like 80 minutes or so. Um, one Wait, of the what, things, what was that intro? Oh, it's only like 80 minutes or so. And I think there's yeah. definitely some credit to be given the fact that all those guys played all their instruments and sang all the songs. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I think I think it like it's like a pretty well done uh harmless fun little comedy. I mean harmless except for like that sexist subplot that yeah. bothered me, but like like barely even like like I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they they could have done without it, but they also like if they could have done without it and then the movie would have been like less than an hour. Yeah. It'd be an interesting, like, mini-series, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I could see that coming picking something with it, though. I think that'd be... Eh. Spinal Tap came back for a little bit, like, probably, like, ten years ago to put out, like, an album. Mm-hmm. And maybe they played shows or something. I think it'd be fun if they did, like, a reunion tour TV series. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. And, like, sort of apply the same sort of style and stuff. Netflix could get on that. Yeah, yeah, they could. They, yeah. they took back Fuller House. You exactly. know, they could revive anything that they, they want. They Arrested Development and... Everything. In ancient times, <laughs> um, hundreds of years okay. before the dawn of history... Lived a strange race of people, the Druids. No one knows who they were or what they were doing, but their legacy remains huge to the living rock of Stone Age. Stonehenge, where the 